All right, well, um, thank you for joining me, Shelby. Of course, I'm so glad you asked me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're glad. Um, so I just want to start off by asking you, where do you feel like we are as a people uh, in this moment in time in history? Not great. <laughs> Not doing well. <laughs> Is that right? It kind of feels like... Um, I don't know, like the world could end pretty soon and I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm sure a lot of people have felt that way over the past thousands of years or whatever. It seems to come in cycles, uh, from what I understand, like around like the dawn of a new millennium, um, mm-hmm. you know, the notion of the end of the world like really gets heightened and it just becomes like very fashionable to assume that you know, the world's ending. Um, I don't know what it is about the millennium, the new millennium that seems to have that effect, but, uh, so how do you, how would you think, like, the world would end tomorrow if it were to? Like, how do you see that going down in your, like, imagination? I think it'll be, like, if, if, let's say if the world ends, I think it would be kind of a slow decline and we all kind of feel it for for years and years, be a really slow, painful death of the world. Yeah. I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be like a, I remember in 2012, like, Chelsea, and we were all just, you know, convinced the world was going to end yeah, really abruptly. That's not how I think the world would end. Yeah, those Mayans, they really sent everybody for a loop. Oh, you know what? I saw this thing on... Honestly, if the world's going to end, it's going to be because of social media in some way or another. But I saw this thing on social media talking about how, like, the calendar that the Mayans used is different than the Gregorian calendar. Of course, yeah. And so 2012 that the Mayans predicted is actually, like, 2025 or something like that. Perfect. Um, We got time. So, yeah, they might have gotten it right. There's time yet. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, that's glorious. I, uh, you know, I can always just hope and assume that it's, it's not, you know, it's not behind us. It's, it's ahead of us. Um, this isn't a dream. Uh, wow. So, um, when you, um, when you see it being like a slow decline, do you see there being like an initiating event or scenario that kind of kicks it off do you see like a a first domino falling or do you see it just kind of like just any any number of random events occurring i mean i think let's say the world is ending i think the first domino has already fallen like i mean there was that i remember i don't know it's probably like 2018 all those scientists coming out and saying we had until 2040 to fix the climate and then you know there's all the fires and covid everything i think the dominoes have already felt if the world is ending it might not be but yeah if it is i think we'll we'd look back and go well you know that made sense i guess yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> the process has begun we're just kind of in the midst of it and maybe not see it um for what it is at the moment yeah, it could be we turn around and we're like, hmm, in hindsight, the pandemic could have 
been that big. <laughs> like there were a few things that for sure maybe warning. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me think about that for a minute. Uh, so, in in the scenario you kind of envision, to the extent that you do, like, do you think like the world itself is like? in existential harm like the biosphere in general or do you think it's merely like a human um you know quote unquote end of the world can you clarify the question so the question is like you know because it's like the world's ending is like on what's what scale do you kind of consider it being the case world ending or is it just becoming like uninhabitable for humans yeah is it like a human apocalypse or is it like a a biosphere like the entire ecosystem of the life support system of the planet as a whole like yeah no i think like life finds a way you know what i mean like like (laughs) there were dinosaurs and now there's not i think it's like we're the dinosaurs you know so it's like a human extinction event yeah, that's what I would see, if I had to guess. Yeah. It's, have you ever read the book Oryx and Crake? No. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Well, actually, honestly, I sparked, <laughs> I sparked notes to it. But, like, in in theory, it's, um, it's a good concept, and I can see things going down that way. It's basically, like, just humans kind of cause their own extinction, but then life goes on after and it's about this guy who like for some reason he's the only one who survived he um in the book they i actually think they give out like a vaccine or something that just ends up killing everyone <laughs> How so, apropos. yeah and then it's like this one guy who didn't take it and then a few like humans who were like biologically engineered those are the only survivors and yeah life goes on but humans cause their own extinction wow i i you know someone was telling me about the stand and supposedly there's like a virus and vaccine situation in the stand which stand the stand uh stephen king Mm. is that what it's called yeah i believe that's what it's called i mean it definitely it makes good like fiction Right? Yeah, I hope it's not real. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> it might be, but it makes good fiction because there's really nothing like more terrifying than that. It it would kind of um be like a uh quintessential like self imposed existential like um you know uh apocalypse just because it's yeah. like so self induced but. Um, so, uh, in terms of, like, the climate, you said, like, fix the climate, um, are you familiar with the guy, he does, he's pretty, like, popular, I think he has, like, some pretty popular Joe Rogan episodes and, uh, YouTube presence, uh, Randall Carlson? Sounds familiar. Yeah, he, uh, he's researched, like, um, a polar shift guy? Uh, I haven't heard him speak too directly to the pole shifts, but um, he speaks to, like, the Pleistocene, like, the mini Ice Age, and 
just like the deep history of like the earth's climate and he's been studying like um as like a lay person for i don't know like decades and he just uh has like a wealth of information and he you know goes on tangents about how like climate is like kind of always in like a state of flux and change to varying degrees and how like um basically you know we came out of a uh, mini ice age um like around 1850 and so when we're like talking about how the climate uh is warming since around 1850 with like in industrialization and such that we're really measuring that against like a co really cold period uh relatively speaking yeah so because i i majored in stats mm -hmm. you know well that was one of my majors and i did a project on this so i know exactly what you're talking about like we were in an ice age and now we're not right. but if you look at um if you look at the temperatures now compared to the last time that we weren't in an ice age it is significantly higher and like going up at a higher rate mm -hmm. but yeah if you if you compare it to like 1850 you're like, oh my god, like, this is crazy. Where it's like, well, no, that's not the thing to compare it to. So I, I do get what you're saying. I'm also not, like, a climate scientist, so, yeah. like, I've seen the arguments on both sides where it's like, no, global warming isn't happening, and, like, yes, global warming is happening, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know... One of the things, like you had mentioned, the the pole shift, like the poles are weakening or the magnetic uh, spheres are weakening. That's like demonstrable through, um, you know, measurements and such of some sort. And uh, the poles are like, um, they're like <sighs> drifting from their traditional like north-south um, regions on the poles, uh, like the, like, uh, you know, Ge geographical north south um and they're mm -hmm. they're like coming they're like the idea is they're coming closer and closer to each other eventually they're going to collide somewhere over the indian ocean i believe and they'll like reposition uh somewhere mm -hmm. else like uh in a completely new magnetic north south on the planet and uh, as that's happening um the magnetic sphere of the earth is like uh, weakening, as I said, and so like out outer space cosmic rays and like so solar flares, uh, all these things can have like greater effects, um, basically on on the climate um, and the life on planet Earth uh, as a result uh, of the weakened magnetic uh, magnetosphere essentially, and so I I just wonder how much things like that. Because that's been happening with the magnetic uh, magnetosphere weakening since around the mm -hmm. same time as 1850, and it's just yeah, it's just also interesting. Like, if you if um if you had like a preference, if you could choose, if it was like man-induced climate change or natural variabilities in um, kind of like large-scale um, systems of like you know cyclical patterns of climate which would you prefer like would you prefer it to be a, like a human induced scenario or like a, a naturally I mean, occurring one i think it's like wishful thinking to say that it's not human induced if it's happening i think it's happening but like it'd be 
be lovely if it weren't human induced, but I, that just doesn't make sense to me. I think it it would be. You know what I mean? Um, if you I, look around at all the mm-hmm. at the way the way we live compared to how like our ancestors lived hundreds of years ago. Sure, sure. We do things a lot uh, differently now. Um. I'm not so sure that it is human-induced. I think humans... I, I don't think anyone uh, really disputes that humans have, like, an effect on the environment and mm-hmm. um, kind of, like, climate in general uh, to a, uh, a small degree or, or to a small extent. But, like, yeah. to say it's, like, the primary cause, I'm not convinced just, like, from the sources of information that I've seen, like... There does, I mean, I know for a fact, like, things change, like, crazy dramatic, especially with the weakening of the magnetosphere, and it does, like, coincide with, like, the rise of, you know, industrial, industrialization. So, it's kind of, like, assuming that it's all, the majority of it's humans, like, not to mention, like, the, the political agenda, I guess, behind human-induced global warming or climate change uh, just seems to be like far too convenient for and kind of premeditated with like the uh, um, what was it called uh, let me see if I can recall the name of it it's like the final something revolution or council on foreign relations essentially like brought out that human induced climate catastrophe through human behavior would be like a perfect pretense for like a uh, more global control over populations and then it just seems to like you know pop up like right around that time that they came to that conclusion so i don't know um but i i almost feel like if it was human induced and there would that's almost like wishful thinking because then it's like we could then affect change to mitigate it i guess i mean it's wishful thinking like um i mean the way that the way that you guys live up on the ranch is like, you know, it's different. It, I feel like your carbon footprint is probably very low compared to like even mine. Maybe, maybe. not, but yeah, maybe, maybe like, not. You know, I, like I, I feel like it's wishful thinking in that I think if we were going to reverse this, everyone would have to. If we, if it is human induced, and we were going to reverse it, everyone would really have to dramatically change their ways of life and like entire systems would have to change like it's it's like things and change is like the so things humans are like the most resistant to sure. like so much would have to change and i think our lives would have to change really drastically like i don't think everyone's switching to electric cars if this is human induced i don't think everyone's switching to electric cars which would be a really hard thing to accomplish I don't think that would fix it. I think it would require like a totally drastic shift in the way that people live their lives and like a drastic shift in our systems and all of that. Yeah. To make that change. That's why I say I think it's wishful thinking that it's not human induced because then it's like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do, you know, where it's like if there is stuff we can do, I feel like it would take a really dramatic shift that people don't want to make do you feel like it's a shift that um 
is even viable? Like, do you think it's even theoretically possible to make the, the changes necessary in the amount of time presumed to be uh, adequate to, you know, like, do you, like, what's your sense on it? Do you think, like, there's a fighting chance or do you think it's hopeless? Yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, it's something that I used to feel a lot of, like, deep-seated panic over. <laughs> right. But, um, because, like, honestly, no. You know, I don't think, um, I, I don't really think that it's possible for everyone. I think if, if by some miracle everyone gets it together, like, recognizes this as an issue... And, you know, corporations could stop being corrupt and politicians could stop being corrupt and want to everyone, like, save the world, then maybe. But I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Hmm. So you said you, you used to have, like, deep-seated anxiety or what have you. Like, do you not have that anymore in relation to the issue? No, I really don't. I think... Um, yeah, I mean, I can elaborate on why, but <laughs> I would love to hear if you care to share. Yeah, I think it's like, like, I don't know, it kind of started out like, oh my gosh, I need to, like, I, I just had a lot of environmental anxiety where I was like, I need to buy all my clothes secondhand, I can't use straws and like, being really hard on myself for like, trying to be a human and exist in society. Right. Um, and then I kind of realized, okay, I am a human. I am living in this society. And this is kind of the way things are. And if things are going to change, it's not going to be because a bunch of individuals make changes in their lives. Like, where do you see if things were to change, like where changes would have to take place? Like, it would have to be, well, I mean, I really think, I honestly, I haven't looked at a lot of, like, data on this, but I have seen some stuff, I don't know the specifics, but I have seen a lot of stuff about how, like, it is corporations and, like, their policies as far as, you know, pollution and waste and all of that, like, it comes more from larger scale corporations than it does from just like individuals yeah yeah that makes sense i uh i remember listening to this um group panel discussion and one of the gentlemen on it was like yeah you know like i had a game plan to like change the world like i was going to become the ceo of like the largest corporation and then i was going to like radically change and become you know change like the ins and outs of a corporation to become like radically green and sustainable and he's like and i'm like going through the process to do it and i forget like where he was in the journey to do so but um he realized along the way that like even if he made the entire corporation like entire and completely like green friendly and um you know like whatever like if he completely accomplished his goal, it would only change, like, a fraction of a fraction of, like, the total, like, uh, right. it's like, like every carbon load or whatever. would have to do it. And if it's, 
It's like the the prisoner's dilemma, maybe, if I'm remembering what that is correctly. It's like, if every corporation, like, has all these green policies and does it, then we're good. But if only a few of them do it, then they probably go out of business trying to spend the money to do all of the, the green policies, and they're not able to compete with the businesses who are taking the shortcuts, right. you know? Yeah, no, and I hear you. All of the green companies go out of business, and then... We're back to square one. We don't one. have the green companies yet. Yeah. Where it's like everyone would have to agree to do it type of thing. Right. Which is why I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hold your breath. Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, hmm, hmm. I remember, um, when was the first time, do you, re- do you recall the first time you remember hearing about climate change and global warming? Yeah, I heard about it in elementary school. Like, it's been, ever since I've been alive, it's been a thing. Right. I mean, I feel like when I first heard it, it didn't sound like a big deal. And then as I've gotten older, people are like, whoa, this is kind of be maybe going to be a big problem. But, yeah, ever since I've been alive, it's been around. Yeah, I remember, like, I just remember, I think the first real exposure I had to it was Al Gore's movie. I think it was, like, 2007 or something. Um, An Inconvenient Truth. There was actually another documentary... Uh, called a really inconvenient truth and it was like the the guy who ran for like the green party talking about how al gore's like domestic policy is like the exact opposite of what you would need to reverse like you know man-made induced global warming uh Mm -hmm. that that was that was good that was worth watching that's interesting yeah Yeah, i watched i remember watching inconvenient truth in high school and i I think that was the first time I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I don't doubt that his policies wouldn't have done anything. like To change or, the situation? Yeah, like, I'm I'm sure the really inconvenient truth is also true, so. Yeah, yeah, that one's definitely true. I'm not so sure about the, the other one, but that's okay. Uh, you know, because I actually, um, when I first saw that, I saw it in theaters, and... I like, walked out of there, you know, like convinced and for years I was convinced and I, I like went and like, I, I, you know, I want everybody to like ride horses, even though like, of course they like fart methane and it's like worse than like, uh, you know, carbon or whatever CO2. So, but I didn't know that at the time, but like, you know, I was like radical about it, you know, like I wanted to do yeah. everything I could. And, um, I like went out to the ranch and like became a monk and like just live super like, you know low carbon footprint and like just wanted to grow my own food and just be like super like local and do away with the whole let's ship like let's raise cattle in texas and ship them to australia and they'll raise their cattle there and ship them over here like all that's just so wasteful and just so you know like crazy pollution and um just insane so i was fully on board for a number of years and then um when did it start to change? I guess I did a research paper in El Paso Community College uh, on the New World Order. And during the course of my uh, research for that paper, that's when I came across the Council on Foreign Relations talking about how we're going to use um, the threat of environmental degradation induced by humans to 
organize a more perfect control over human behavior on a global scale. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Because they did that, like, in the 70s or the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. And then, like, you know, climate change became, like, this big issue. Um, and now it's, like, the most existential issue around. Um, and then I was like, well, but, like, it's still happening, though. So, like, what, what's the deal? And then I got familiar with uh, Suspicious Observer on YouTube, and he talks about, you know, the science of it. And then Randall Carlson talks about the science of it. And I've, like, listened to a bunch of debates on YouTube between, you know, qualified and educated people um, on both sides of the issue. And I really feel like <laughs> the, the stronger argument is that these are natural variabilities and it's like cyclical patterns of the environmental um, changes, but you know, I, 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 you know, I'm totally okay with agreeing to disagree. Like, I don't, I'm not here to like convert yeah, convert anybody like, or anything. It's, it's hard because it's we're going from different sets of, I mean, different realities type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like I know. I guess you just have to agree to disagree. No, I'm I'm um, okay with agreeing to disagree. I would love if it's all. I would love if this if this isn't real. <laughs> Well, no, because the problem is, though, at the same time, it's not that there isn't such thing as climate change or global warming or however you want to, like, phrase it. It's, like, it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's just the cause of it isn't what you think it is or well, isn't what's being... Well, I what I was saying. Like, I would, I would love if it was... A natural thing. A natural thing. That would feel a lot... It would make me feel a lot less personally, like... Like, because, I mean, like I said, like, I don't, you know, I, I try to avoid straws. I try to do the best I can, but I, I'm living in society, so I feel like I'm naturally culpable if this is a human, if this is, like, a human-caused thing, oh, so yeah. it would make me feel personally better if it was a natural thing. Oh, I have some um, links I'd be willing to share with you if you're interested in it, because, I mean, honestly, I think it's a stronger argument, and I, like, it was fully committed to the previous one, but I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, like, convince you or anything, because it's not really, like, something I'm interested in doing. I just think I have, like, having been in that mindset and having, like, kind of my own mind change in the process of, like, exposure to different takes on it, it's, like... I feel like it's better for me and I feel like it societal wise. I feel like if it is true that humans aren't the cause and that there is like a natural variability in uh, these cyclical patterns and like we can we can like prepare for that, you know, like because if the if you misdiagnose the problem, then the solutions that you, you know, run with aren't going to be well suited for the, the problem at hand. And so it's like but. You know, I, I, I feel like the debate needs to be had because, like, you yeah, get no, so... Yeah, that makes sense because, I mean, if we're... If, if what I'm saying, like, let's say everyone gets on board that it's a human thing and then these corporations make these major shifts and somehow all of that happens and it still doesn't, like, help climate change because it's what you're saying, like, the natural variability, yeah. then we just put all of our resources into the wrong thing when exactly. we could have been preparing for... Exactly. Um, no, yeah, 100, 110%. And, like, not to mention whatever kind of, like... Because another part of the argument for people, which might not be as... I don't know. I mean, no, it's justified. But, like, a lot of people who are opposed to the notion that it's um, 
human induced is like even if it were human induced like the solutions the supposed solutions that are being like propagated like are either one inadequate to deal with the magnitude of the problem as it's portrayed and two yeah. it would cause too much like human suffering because like people need to stay warm in the winter and like you know right, people right. need to like go to work or whatever you know like the economic cost of it would be so devastating that like is it is it that much better like you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't but like if uh it is a natural thing and we can prepare and spend resources to deal with those things then that might be a better alternative but i just feel like the debate is like you re people really get misaligned and like or uh, you know um they get uh insulted for questioning um the like government and so, quote-unquote scientific consensus on it when there's like a lot of smart people who don't agree with it and um i just think it's really fascinating but yeah no it is interesting it's it's funny because it's like such drastically differing because i mean i've talked to you and chelsea about it and i've seen some of this stuff i haven't looked at everything you've sent if i'm being honest but that's quite all right <laughs> I, i've seen this stuff and it is funny because it's just like it's such an alternate um like it's like there are two sets of facts right and if you look at one and you go deep into one you're like yes this is fact this is the set of facts where, and then, but you can do the same thing just as easily with the other, I feel like. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super interesting, but it makes it really hard because it's like, there's an answer on both sides right. to everything that makes sense. And it's like, you just have to decide which one to believe. <laughs> yeah, no, it is interesting. And like, if I'm being quite honest, it, it reminds me of another thing that I came across in my research paper on the New World Order. Uh, and that was this documentary I saw where they were talking about this mode of teaching in in school where it's like called the clarification values. And it's essentially introducing like relativism into like almost like indoctrinating children into relativism, both moral relativism and like, I guess, epistemic relativism, like uh, the notion that it's kind of like a post-truth, post-modern, like, point of view where, like, you know, there can just be, like, competing sets of facts and you can just kind of choose between them. And yeah. same with morality. And it's, like, just this completely, like, backwards, like, from, you know, an objectively scientific uh, point of view, like, way of teaching kids, like... <laughs> And I remember, like, really being driven home when it, I, I was in uh, government class. And the teacher was talking about, like, you know, like, why, what is money? Like, can't we just, like, print up money and give it to people? And, like, like what about grades? Like, it's the same with a grade. Like, what if you got, like, a, a C, but I just gave you an extra 10 points and you got, like, a B? Or, like, you were failing and I gave you an extra 10 points and you passed. And I'm like, yeah, but then, like, I objected and was like, but what if, like, you go on to have, like, a degree in something that you're not really qualified for, and then you build a bridge that doesn't work, and then people die? It's like, yeah. you can't, like, just willy-nilly, like, alter reality to make people feel better or have things. Like, they're, like, that's how you get inflation when you just print a bunch of money. And, like, you studied economics, right, in college? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know um, what, you know, the takeaway from, like, 
you know, inflation was in terms of like, you know, what you learned. But as far as I understand it, like the more money you print, the less in like a fiat system, the more money you print, the less value the existing money has. Um, yeah, I honestly, if there's, I have to say, for some reason, natural uh, microeconomics, I, but I, monetary economics was not my strongest suit. Yeah. <laughs> I, they talk about printing money and like all the formulas with, with inflation. I know there's a lot that goes into it, but like certain parts of my brain just turned off. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with and I think economists would agree with you that there is a certain point where inflation hits where, you know, inflation's bad. But then there's a certain point where it's normal and it has to do with the growth of the GDP. If you asked me this two years ago, I could have ex- like, <laughs> had a much better um, explanation that made more sense. But no, that's cool. I can tell you two years ago, like the concept, I know inflation is you know it's it's too high right now yeah i can feel you on that man i think i think like, a lot, you know all of us can do six dollars which is a different issue but i mean my groceries are more expensive everything is yeah like yeah so i feel like but most most of the time like inflation is so is pretty nominal and it goes up to the point like you know, like we as people don't really notice the effects of inflation. I think it is a bad thing. Yeah, well, I when mean, we can feel it. Yeah, yeah. When it when it hits you where it hurts, is it's a bad thing. And like I know from what I understand, like gold um, increases, like the amount of gold in circulation increases approximately two percent a year, just from people like mining and stuff. And so, like that's like a form of inflation because it's, exp- it's the expansion of the, you know amount of gold so and so and i think you know that the federal reserve i've heard you know say like they want to average out the rate of inflation for the dollar around two percent and of course it was like below two percent so they're shooting for like slightly above two two percent and now they got way above it and they're like we need to you know reverse course and bring it down the other way yeah they've got like the Gosh, I, I wish I was still in these classes and could, like, talk about this from a more... Because there's so much that goes into it. No doubt. But they do have that, like, target number, and they, they like, contract and, you know, inflate based on yeah. that. And I, I remember there being a seemingly good reason for the target amount of inflation. <laughs> I just don't remember what it was. Yeah, well, I mean, because, you know, when you have more money, then people have access to more money. So that's not like a terrible thing in and of right. itself. It's just when it like runaway inflation, right, is like the problem is like you don't yeah, want it to become like, I mean, hyperinflation, you look at like Venezuela and stuff. There's just nothing. Exactly. Like when your money supply stops meaning anything. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. When you got big problems. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's like um, Germany and uh, the Weimar uh, Weimar Republic, like people burning the money to stay warm because it was like cheaper than it was like less valuable than the firewood or whatever and more abundant. So I did a report on that in um, my last year of college about how like it was the inflation that 
kind of paved the way for Hitler. So yeah, so <laughs> good thing it's dangerous. yeah, good thing it's really ramping up here in the U.S. just in time for Trump to come in and become a despot for. I know. Let God me get out of here. I'm talking about career changes. I'm going to start applying to jobs just outside of the U.S. I'm over this place. <laughs> but where would you go? What's the thing? I have no idea. I'd like to go to a different planet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they got Mars situated yet? Yeah, we'll see. Once they start um, with their Mars colonies, I'll be the first one out of here. Actually, I don't want to be with those people on Mars. I don't know what they've done to get there. And I don't know what I would have to do to get there. So Blood packs. I don't even think that's a better option. Blood packs with the devil. I mean, I don't want to return... You know, I don't think our species needs to return to Mars after we fucked it up the first time. I think we should have stayed where we came to initially. To... Did we go to Mars? Oh, we came from Mars. That's that's one of the theories, is that humanity, or a, a, a segment of humanity, started on Mars, destroyed it, evacuated to Earth to find some other people that were living here. And uh, this is all part of an alternative history. Like Planet of the Apes. Yes, yeah, Planet of the Apes on steroids. <laughs> Back to the future status. I don't know. I don't know. That's like the destiny of human nature. And like, we just don't know, but we just have been bouncing back and forth between Mars and Earth. Yeah. They're like, now we. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows, man? The truth is stranger than fiction. I'm pretty sure that that much is true. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I really don't. That's funny. We agree on something. That's good. We agree on a few things, actually, but we agree on inflation and that, so that's good. Um, okay, so let me think. Uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, you think? Yeah, shut it all up. Where are we Yeah, at? that's where we're at. Uh, where, uh, so where do you think we're going? Where Where do you think we're going? You're going to existential crisis. Where we're at. So where did I say we're at? We're not at a good place. Yeah, where do I think we're going? Yeah. A worse place. We're going. <laughs> yeah. Probably somewhere worse. Uh, no, I mean, you know, it could go either way. I'm also just a person, so I, I really don't know. I'm like the worst person to ask this. That's good though. Questions I'm... to because I'm so aware that i have absolutely no idea that's good um, that, that's that's it's important I, I need to have you know conversations with people like you because i mean it's it's refreshing you know i mean I, I appreciate your perspective because we don't agree on everything and we also agree on something so it's i'm enjoying it but yeah. you can be you know i mean i like i agree i agree with my set of facts but you could be a hundred percent right like i've been duped before <laughs> yeah i could like i i have no idea where we're going um i'd like to say that we're not all gonna go to like a slow death of earth and you know we probably we probably won't i'm i'm sure i'll be surprised <laughs> is that where I think we're going? <laughs> yeah. Do I do I think we're gonna like really slowly just have a lot more natural disasters and all of that? Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah. But, well, I mean, to be honest, I see that happening too. But you know, I, I feel like yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I, I see all kinds of chaotic weather events and 
all kind, you know, volcanoes, earthquakes, pandemics. Yeah, sure, pandemics, uh-huh. weather, you know, um, engineered or otherwise. Uh, I I see all kinds of, you know, climate induced, what have you. Like, yeah, I I I feel like we we see all that in pretty similar vein. But um, <clears throat> I think what's really interesting is less like the collapse of the world <laughs> and more like what society's gonna gonna do with it like i mean i don't know if you look at like western society it's just very individualistic and stuff and i think um i don't know it'll be interesting to see just how people like even me i'm i'm pretty liberal but i'm seeing more liberal people have like a lot less trust and hope in the government, which, you know, I feel like it's pretty generally a liberal thing to be like, the government's going to save us. And I I don't know. I don't think, I don't think people believe that anymore. I don't think anyone on any side believes that anymore. So that's a really good point. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I actually, ironically enough, consider myself pretty liberal myself, but, um, Yeah, I know you might not necessarily consider that, um, generally speaking, but, you know, like liberal in the classical sense of like, I believe in liberty for individuals. I believe in, um, economic, you know, liberty, I believe in just liberty period. But, um, it it does seem to be that generally speaking, liberals have been more like supportive of government and conservatives kind of more like anti, you know, establishment government i don't know but they're they're at the same time like they're also you know you got like the liberals are kind of the demo you know with the democrats and conservative with the republicans but it's like i i try to see the value in both liberals like liberalism and conservatism um just because that's just kind of my nature to see like the merits wherever merits do Uh, yeah but like when how like what what's your own take on it like you, you say that, you know, liberals that you know, like, are becoming less trustworthy of the government. Like, how do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I saw this, um, this, like, comedian popped up on social media the other day, and he said something pretty funny where he was, like, talking about the election, and he was, like, yeah, this was a crazy election. Like, we just decided between two 80-year-olds. We're like, <laughs> we all have 80-year-olds in our family. Like, we hope that their applesauce doesn't, like, fall out of their mouth. And, you know, <laughs> deal with that. And then he's talking about, he's like, yeah, it's crazy because, you know, we went from Trump where, like, every word that went out of his mouth, I was like, am I going to die? And now Joe Biden we have where, like, every word that comes out of his mouth is like, is he going to die? <laughs> so... Like, I thought that was a good way to sum it up, because, you know, I I was, uh, not to get too political, but I was pretty happy to see Trump go, but I'm not really much happier (laughs) with with the current, um, yeah, I, I would say that my trust in, like, the government and their ability to, you know turn things around and fix everything I'm a little bit more jaded than I was like five years ago and but I really think that's how like most like people feel now (laughs) because we had we had 
Mr. Crazy Man, and now it's like things aren't back to normal, you know? Someone didn't come in and, like, save the day. No, I don't um, know. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not liberal in that definition of it. Is thinking that the government's going to save the day because I'm definitely don't occupy that space. You know this I know about you don't. me. <laughs> you know this about me. But um, yeah, I just I I think it's totally valid that uh, you know, people are feeling that more and more, and um, yourself included. And I don't yeah. know, like, cause it's so hard much. Cause, you know, studying. Like, one of the things I got out of studying economics is, like, a lot of issues, like tragedy with the commons and things like that, it's, like, there are reasons to have, like, regulatory bodies, you know? Right. Um, like, a good, a common argument is, like, hunting or fishing licenses, like, things like that. Or, right. I mean, even, like, environmental regulation and stuff. It's like, right? you know, right? I mean, hunting is just the, the easiest argument to understand where it's like, if you send out everyone, you let them hunt everything, then you have like problems of extinction where like the reason it's regulated is because you don't want those species to go extinct. But then the issue is who's doing it right? <laughs> like I don't, I don't have trust in the system and the regulatory bodies, but I feel like they're necessary. Not the ones that we have, but <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? Because like, you know, maybe the hunting thing isn't like the worst, the worst thing in the world. Like, oh, like these damn bureaucrats are like getting in the way of these people's liberties to go hunting this deer, but like. You know, when it comes to, I don't know, whoever's behind the levers at at the Fed, like, with the um, controlling of the interest rate and what have you, and, and the run of, you know, the inflation that we're, everybody's experiencing, it's like, well, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a significant problem compared to the, the regulators over at Wild Fishing Game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I hear you on that. And like, from, you know, the vantage point of like a voluntarist, it's like, it would just have to be some kind of uh, organic uh, organization and educational outreach and, you know, like, um, in, in in absence of the government to mandate regulation, like, uh, people would, and, you know, there could be, like, organizations, too, that just non-governmental ones that, you know, yeah, I think promote. the hard, the the really difficult thing I think is that the current system is like you know super imperfect. Sure. But, and then the system that you're describing, if that were to come in and be a perfect system, it would be better than the imperfect system that we have. But it's it's like we need a a system that's, uh, like, imperfection-proof. Like, if the system that we had were a perfect system, it would be great. If any system we had was a perfect system, it would be great. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I kind of get what the sense of what you're saying. I just, I don't know if I could um, think that, like, a perfect system, quote-unquote, is, like, a... It sounds, like, too utopian to me, like... 
Third. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think a perfect system is possible. Right. Neither and I guess I. a perfect system, I don't. Yeah, I, right. It is like a utopian idea. It's like the, like, let's say, because what I'm talking about with the, the hunting licenses, and I think what it extends to is, like you said, with the Fed or like environmental regulation and stuff. Let's say all of that is being done perfectly by people who really have like the best interests and everyone is correct about what the best interests are and like aligns on that. Like then it's a perfect system. It's amazing. I I don't know. I just think it's, and and that's very clearly not what we have. Right. But then I think if another system comes in and we're a perfect system, like that would be fine. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the system that you're describing with like the volunteerism and, and all of that stuff. Like we've seen that it's kind of like part of humanity's nature to corrupt things. I think, right. um, like, I don't want to believe that. I think there are good people, but I think that there are always going to be people who corrupt things. Right. And so if you just have another system come in, even if it's like volunteer things and education and all that stuff, I think at some point that gets corrupted and then becomes just as bad. Yeah, there's always the there's always the chance that any um, approach to society could become corrupted and equally as bad as any other. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I feel like every approach to society that we've seen in history has become corrupted. So it's I'm inclined to believe that future approaches will also become corrupted. Yeah, well, I mean, some some approaches have been completely eradicated, you know, like like a lot of indigenous approaches to societies have been like w- wiped off the face of the planet and like we have very yeah, little Yeah, and I would have to say if any of them are going to work, it would probably like I don't know a ton about indigenous cultures and all of that stuff, but like from what I've heard, they seem to have a like like the way that they treated the planet and each other and things like that and again i'm not an expert i don't know a lot but that did seem like a better approach (laughs) yeah well because i mean if one thing if if nothing else it was small scale right so like the amount of damage that could be done was localized to like yeah a few like a hundred people so it's not like you know you're gonna (laughs) destroy the ecosystem because you're like pumping too much oil like i don't know uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, um, historically speaking, their approaches to society, um, societal life, or um, I guess like large-scale societal life, it doesn't really apply to tribal life, but um, approaches to living that like are alternative and probably better suited for the long-term viability of humanity, if not in terms of the technological capacity to, like, let's say, for instance, like I'm I'm right in that, like, it is, like, a natural variability of the um, climate change, and it is going to okay. be, like, a, a mass uh, die-off, like, a, a, a more ancient way of approaching life wouldn't be well-suited to adapt technologically to those kinds of problems, but yeah. absent of, like, that scale of external threat, like the sustainability of those are much more, you know, inclined to go on indefinitely. And then, um, societal wise, like in terms of injustices, in terms of like political power, I feel like, 
you know, a, a dictator and like a tribal level gets, gets taken out because, you know, there's like right. the smaller, the, like the lesser, um, like maybe some, you know, two guys could like overpower like the biggest guy. And so like, you don't have a dictatorship for very long. Um, so in in any event, like even in like small scale systems of approaching life, uh, they're not going to be necessarily like absent from whatever tragedy injustice, but just the scale of yeah. it would be a much more manageable and like less devastating than what we're seeing. Yeah, play that out. makes. I mean, because even if you had democracy on a small scale, like then it would probably work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, so, like yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, it's just it, things get really complicated when you start scaling up bigger and bigger, you know population sizes so and like yeah, the no, political the political power that like functions in those larger scale systems just gets like compounded to the point where like a few people at the top like wield you know massive control over like other people and and that's kind of where you know as a voluntarist it's like because systems are corruptible and people are corrupted, like, that's why we shouldn't institutionalize hierarchical powers in the hands of few over the many, because that's just, like, a breeding ground for, like, a, a bad situation, so... Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, yeah. Yeah, I think, I guess where it gets, it gets hard, it's, like, I don't know, if only, like, 200 years ago everyone had sat down and decided... <laughs> this was the best way because I guess where it gets hard is just like where we're at as a society right now you'd have to just wipe it all out and then start from scratch it's hard to scale back yeah 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 totally yeah well maybe you know if maybe if both of us are right or uh, one of us is right or you know one, one of us is right I would assume um, in terms of the cause of it, but regardless of the yeah. cause, maybe the what's unfolding in the future will bring us back to that ground zero. You know, the <laughs> level playing field yeah. where we're gonna uh, start from scratch. So um, if it does bring us down, so this is an interesting question, and I think this is probably where we like fundamentally differ. If it brings us down to that ground zero, do you want to be one of the people taken out? Or do you want to be one of the people, like, building the ground zero? I, I, you know, I kind of have a philosophy, like, every day is a good day to die, but, like, I'll never say die until it happens kind of approach. Like, okay. I, I want to survive it, but um, I'll accept it when it comes. Yeah, yeah. What, what say you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I could. I mean... Like, I I agree with you there, where it's, like, every day is, what'd you say? Every day is a good day to die? Yeah. Did you, is that what you said? That is what I said, yeah. <laughs> huh? That is what I said. Yeah, I, so I agree with you there, where it's, like, it's not like I'm inviting death in. Like, if I if I were to survive it, I would be like, all right, I'm one of the people who survived it. Like, let's, let's get it done. Let's do this. But, um... I think a good example is at the beginning of the pandemic, like if I had the option to have like a natural death before all of that shit went down and I had to be like one of the sole survivors, 
definitely choose the natural death. Um, a good example, I think, is at the beginning of the pandemic. Have you ever seen the Nicole Kidman movie, The Invasion? Yeah, I, I think so. Is it really, you know, ringing a bell? But it... So it's... It's that one where it's like, it's like movie, they right? have these alien things basically like take over their brains. Yeah. And they infect each other by like projectile vomiting into each other's mouths or something gross. But it's super fun. Like, and then the virus, like, you know, it wants to, it kind of turns them into like these zombie type of people and it wants to live on. And so then they go and try to infect as many people as they can, but they're acting kind of weird and they can like, tell if you're acting like you have like autonomy and stuff that you're you're a person who hasn't been infected and the way the movie ends is that like so nicole kidman is like the survivor and she helps get the vaccine that like saves everyone or whatever and then the movie ends where nicole kidman has been like thoroughly traumatized like she she has been through some shit and all these people who were, like, these zombie aliens, like, hunting her down, they get these injections that just make them, they're like, oh, cool, now we're good. And um, and they don't remember any of it. Oh, like so their memory like, gets wiped. Wow. Yeah, and so in that situation, I would rather be one of the zombies than Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, kind of like ignorance is bliss almost. Yeah, exactly. Or I feel like you would rather be Nicole Kidman. I might be wrong, but... <laughs> well, I mean, that's a very specific example. I mean, I don't know. In that scenario, I might want to be rather one of the zombies, but I don't know. That that, that projectile vomit, you know, had to have that faded upon you. I don't know if I could necessarily sign myself up, but it almost sounds preferable to, you know, the ordeal she had to go through, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a tough yeah, one. I guess that's how I feel with, like, the, the climate crisis or whatever. Like, if it's coming, and then you have to kind of rebuild with what's left and deal with, like, losing a bunch of loved ones and then trying to figure out with everyone, like, what to do and where to go and how to live without, like, society. Like, I, you know, if I could choose... Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, no, it it would be like because the the notion would be that like there there's such a thing as a fate worse than death that like living through the trauma of something on that magnitude would be like so much more devastating than just going into the night. Right. I hear you on right. that. Yeah, I, I I would I would I would rather see the dawn on the other side personally, just because. I don't know, it's just, it's just, like, I don't think I'm going to, per se. I don't, I don't think I have the resources or the wherewithal to um, prepare well enough to be able to survive what I feel like is probably most likely coming. But if I did... It's really funny that you say that, because I feel the opposite way, where I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to be one of the people who survives from this. I don't want to be, but I'm just by some accident. Like, because it's your bigger fear? Because it's the thing you fear the more, like, more so? You're like, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn it, I'm going to be one of the ones who survives. I'm going to be the sole survivor in this movie. That's so annoying. <laughs> That's so funny. 
That's really funny. It actually reminds me of, of something like um, when I went out to Texas, like how much I loved it. Because, you know, when I went and moved to Texas and went to school out there, it's like I was the star in everybody's movie. Because I'm like this California kid and like everyone mm. in California, like they feel like they're the star of their own movie. So mm -hmm. it's like not as, <laughs> I don't know, it just always made me laugh. Like, but yeah. You have that, that California uh, star of the movie, Survivor Syndrome. Oh, yeah. yeah really, <laughs> I'm like the main... I'm, I mean, I'm the main character of this of course. movie. I can't be taken out. No. I have to rebuild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to make it to the sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have the plot armor. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to be in a straight jacket. And the other one survivor is just going to be taken care of you. Child syndrome, too. I'm like, of course I would survive. <laughs> what syndrome? The child? Which one? youngest child oh yeah yeah that's a thing there's there's something to that whole order of being born are you the youngest child no i have my my brother's younger than me but he's mm -hmm. like i don't know more mature and has a stronger will than i do in many ways i don't know in some ways i'm like the youngest of sorts but mm. it's i think it's astrological we don't have to go in that rabbit hole but yeah yeah, so, hmm, so what, we skipped how we got here, which is okay, but if you wanted to... How did we? Well, we kind of talked about how we got here. A bit. We we, we kind of, um, on the periphery, we kind of went over it, so we can we can leave that one. Where, where do you feel like we should go as a people? Like, what, what measures of actions do you feel like we should take in order to... Um, do what ought to be done. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but, I mean, that is a great question. The answer is I have no idea. I could, like, make some stuff up, but I really don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, I feel like society has to drastically change i mean almost like what you said like scale down that type of stuff like i think that would be a good place to go i think with what is like most likely to happen i would love to see um corporations like do i think that society is going to be completely overturned and we're going to get some like great smaller scale little township type of things that are going to make it easier for people to be sustainable and stuff and like live lives that don't suck <laughs> um, like I don't really I don't necessarily think that's going to happen but I would like to see if like governments could uncorrupt themselves and try to help people that would be cool um, I think if I, so there's this one video that keeps coming to mind. Do you know who AOC is? Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So she had this video on the green new deal and it seems very like idealistic right. and probably like impossible but watching that video was something that, like, when I was at the total, 
kind of despair of like the world is ending and I felt really a lot of stress about that mm-hmm. I remember watching that video and it made me feel a lot better yeah. um do I think that it's gonna happen in the way that it would need to happen do, do I think that it's gonna happen in general slash do I think that it's gonna happen in the way that it would need to happen to like solve a large-scale climate crisis Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, you're not too hopeful. But, yeah, yeah, but I think like things like that and like corporations being accountable and um, people living more sustainably and having like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think that would be like a nice future and like having these really like green cities that was one thing that stuck out to me from from that video that she made is these cities that are are just like like the buildings are like have like trees on them like they're all green and stuff i actually think there's a a city in singapore or like some asian is is singapore Mm -hmm. i think so yeah Yeah, it's in that general region (laughs) yeah so like somewhere in that general region where it's like this um, beautiful, like green city where all the buildings are like trees, <laughs> just covered <laughs> like, in like plant have plant you life. Know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? I, I haven't seen that, um, but I, I I would like to get a gander at it. It sounds beautiful. I mean, if I'll we're gonna to have, find it, but yeah. like seeing seeing more things like that, do I think it's gonna like do the change that we need? That be the change that we need. No, but. I don't know. It would it'd be nice, you know, to know that, like, if if it does, you know, even if it is inadequate, that at least, you know, it's it's along the right set of direction to be going in. That, like, you know, if, if we could right. see, like, because um, I definitely agree that, like, humanity needs to relate to the natural world in a more harmonious and like sustainable manner like like i told you like i was like wholly on board with that and i still am um mm-hmm. so even if it's proves to be inadequate for whatever reason um it's still the way that we ought to be living just because it's the only sane way to live <laughs> I mean, like you know right. I, mean? I mean the way that we're living is like it's it's really crazy it's a bit on the wild side for sure how humans i feel like are meant to be living i don't feel like we're (laughs) i don't think we're doing it correctly yeah i mean because i mean yeah it just makes sense that you can't run like an infinite growth paradigm type economy and like societal or like yeah just economic structure on a finite planet you know, with, like, a finite amount of resources, so there's got to be... Not just that, but, like, people are depressed. (laughs) Do you know anyone who is not having, or, like, has, like, I don't think I know anyone who hasn't had, like, a major mental health crisis, and I think I know very few people who like their jobs, and you know, like, the system isn't even working for people on, like, a personal fulfillment level. Well, sure, yeah, you know, it's funny, you asking me, like, like, do I know anybody? It's like, no, I don't know anybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
like I have this syndrome of like it's it's kind of like I don't know ingrained in my destiny I think to have this like unfortunate like living in like a like I don't like an ivory ivory tower like kind of like above the city like I literally have a view like above the city like I just like look down the city and um just living up on the ranch and it's like I don't have like a lot of friends I don't see a lot of people like the only traffic I have are cattle in my way um so no yeah like like no it's fine I'm just saying I have a hard time relating to like like a lot of people's experiences and like daily lives but so telling you from as someone who lives like you know in the city I lived in I lived in a college town now I live just like in the city of San Diego and I'm surrounded by people I've never I mean I don't think I've ever not felt like totally isolated even being in all of it you know what I mean you've never felt totally isolated no, I've never not felt totally isolated. Mm, I see. Yeah, that is a fascinating phenomenon that you can be surrounded by people and be like completely alone. There is this one. Um, I feel like I'm referencing a lot of stuff here. No, please do. Um, it's fine. But there was this one, like, short story I read. Called, I think it's called The Machine or something, and it's basically about these people like live their lives underground oh that's what it is so um these people are basically told that like above ground has become toxic and they had to move underground and they have to live in these little like cubicle type of things Mm -hmm. but they can interact with each other via screens but they can't like really move around because it's like toxic to go outside or something i read this a long time ago so i don't exactly remember it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um it was just a very interesting like allegory for society talking about how like these people are in who live in the machine are like very very interconnected Hmm. but then everyone is super super isolated and i remember my professor who i had who was like going through the story with us was talking about like um especially on the west coast because he was from he was some like from some European country. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how on the West Coast, people were, like, people are, there are so many people, but no one says hi to their neighbors. Mm. Everyone takes these little cubicles to work. Like, people drive to work just completely alone, but then completely surrounded by people at the same time in traffic. Yeah. And, yeah, like, he, he was just talking about how, like, it, it relates a lot to especially like western cultures like everyone is yeah. surrounded by people but totally isolated for sure I mean it's wild like you know big cities in general I think you know, like, I, I visited Tokyo a number of times and like just the amount of people is just so wild and you know, it's that general sense. You know, any big city, I feel like you know, obviously get it. Um, but even like a, a smaller one. But yeah, no, it it is fascinating, and I don't know. Like, there's you know, religion um, for all of its follies and um, for all of its 
inadequacies and and failures it's like and like just you know worse atrocities um for all like you know leaving all that aside like recognizing it but like at the same time like it it, it did serve as a form of um social like a, a unifying social like uh, force uh that is increasingly becoming like you know irrelevant or like um not very you know just yeah just not very real in the lives of you know more and more people uh, especially younger people and i feel like without That's a good point. without something to like fill that void it's just like where do people go to like have that and it's it's really nothing else <laughs> i can think i mean you can do sports or you know whatever like i guess you can do like clubs of different sorts but like there was just always this cultural heritage of like you know going to church and being part of that community that's uh really been lost yeah i don't know like i don't know uh do you what how do you kind of approach like the phenomenon of just being in like modernity and in the kind of isolation like obviously you have like close friends yeah, I think, you know, I've actually, I've stopped, like, I don't really drink, I don't really smoke, I don't really go out anymore, because mm. that stuff just, like, I think I was doing that as a way to try and, like, build connections, and then mm. I found that when I stopped, when I stopped doing that, that's when I started finding, like, more meaningful connections with friends I mean I'm really lucky I think that in high school I just happened to like meet a bunch of really like-minded people who I have like grown with a lot so that was nice that like I've got probably like eight or nine friends who I've had for over 10 years who I have like really amazing friendships with and then yeah, just, like, the friends that I do, like, like, Rachel, I've only known for a few years, my roommate, um, and, like, we're really, really close and stuff, too, like, but I feel like the people who I'm close to, I'm, I'm kind of selective, mm. but I think part of it is just because I don't, I, I think in college, like, I used to go out more. And I would have a lot more, like, room in my life for really superficial friendships, which made me feel, I feel like, more alone. Mm. You know, having these friendships with people who I was, like, I don't know, like, I felt like I couldn't be myself with, or I felt like I was being fake with. Like, now I feel like I only have just, like, the time for people I can be really, really real with. Yeah. Well, that's helpful. And like, do you, do you still, are you still like in close contact with your friends from high school and stuff? Yeah, I talk to most of them, like at least once a week. So that's cool. Yeah. And, and a few of them live in San Diego, so I'm able to like see them and stuff, but other ones I see like once every few months, but yeah, I talk to them all really frequently, which is nice. And I don't know, I've got a lot of hobbies and stuff, too, so, like, 
got other ways of occupying my time. One thing that is like a crazy, um, terrible thing of like the modern life is dating apps. <laughs> but that that's been like the hardest thing of modern life is is like the dating scene. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it, it it's rough out there. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, I think, you know, even in, like, the last five or ten years, it's probably gotten even worse, I would imagine. Yeah, it's um, bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really becoming a, like, <laughs> I don't want to, like, ask you what your experience has been per se, but um, I can just kind of, I, I don't know, I just kind of can assume it's, I mean, dating is always hard, and, like, adding in dating apps and social media and, like, just the state of, I feel like, society in general with, like, just the pervasiveness of, like, the use of pornography uh, and just how that kind of degrades human, you know, relationships, potentially, um, especially if it's, like, misused and stuff and, like, it's just kind of like a snowball effect, you know, like it can really be like an, an addiction that takes on a life of its own. And then you're dealing with like total creeps. And I don't know, like, I'm just, I'm just glad to be out of that world. And Yeah. I've had to develop like some strict rules for myself as far as like, just like, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't do the casual dating thing and take things very slow, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, I still have had like crazy traumatic experiences. Yeah, <laughs> people are crazy. Just meeting meeting them I know. off of dating apps with yeah. no context about them. You could. I also. I. I. One thing I've learned about myself is that I'm. I'm simply. I have. You know. I have other good qualities. I'm a bad judge of character, though. <laughs> like really, like my gut instinct about people is not. <laughs> Good. It's a little backwards. I not listen to it. <laughs> a little re- I'm not need some rewiring done. Yeah, but, well, you know, I feel like uh, your sister's that way a little bit too. You know, I don't know what it I, is. I think it's a good thing because I meet everyone and I love them, and I think that that is like a very positive thing to be able to meet people and just instantly be like, "Oh my gosh, this is like the best person ever." But I'm I'm wrong half the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that could be a little tricky, a little, little, little mixed bag of a blessing and a curse. Because you give everybody like a the opportunity to like, you know, be a great person, but at the same time, it's maybe a little unwarranted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some some people I've been excited about where I've gotten to the third date and find out that they have like a like like a tattoo of a kid with down. Wait, what? You cut out there for a second. Well, I got to like the third date with this guy I was really excited about, and Mm -hmm. then come to find out that he's got this like really like raunchy tattoo Mm. of making fun of kids with Down syndrome. That's nice. That's that's wholesome. That's that's why I'm saying I. That's a forever kind of. That's a forever kind of tattoo. Yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes, but damn. And if you stood by it. That's, 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 that's when you hightail it. That's when you... Yeah, I've, had to, I've had to hightail a few of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Was, oh man, what well, you know, I feel for you on that and it's just like, you know I don't know, dude. It just seems like I don't know, society's in a real 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 pickle when it comes to like especially, you know people like in their twenties and stuff. Like that's like God bless you all. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's just like I it seems like a, a revival of like a renaissance, like a cultural renaissance is in order uh, to kind of turn the tides of what is a pathetic dating pool. But honestly, the dating is like where that's where the spirituality shit has to come in. Like, that's where I'm like, you know what? It's up to a higher power. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, like, I don't know, dude, like I've, since as long as I could remember, like, I've been looking for the love of my life. And, like, it was when I just, like, literally, like, prayed and, like, did, like, a ritual. And it was just, like, it's in your hands. And when it happens, it happens. And, like, you know, I always have the eyes. So, like, I'm always going to be looking. But, like, I'm not going to be, like, trying to make it happen. Like, if it's just going to happen. And that's, that's when it happened. <laughs> it happened, like, 11 months later, you know. I'm just like, okay. And it took time to, like, really come to fruition. But... But it did, and, and it's been great. So I, I fully support you in leaving it up to the higher forces and of the you know of being or existence in general. So thank I think, you. I think it's the right yeah. move. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm at my most spiritual is after I've deleted the dating apps. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I I know I did a couple of them. Um, but I don't feel like people were as weird back then, like, I don't know, over 10 years ago. Like, I feel like people have gotten really weird in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. people are weird, especially, I'm I'm, I'm a Gen Z-er. I'm in Gen, Generation Z. Right. Yeah. I don't know, like, when that demarcation line is from, like, generation to generation, but, you know, like, like a 13-year-old. What, 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 what generation is that? Like, Yeah, how? Lyra and I are the same generation. Oh, are and, you? That's crazy yeah. to me. A little bit. I, I'm Burke and Chelsea are millennials. I'm Yeah. I relate more to Lyra. <laughs> I, I guess so, but like you know, you're like obviously on the you know, the beginning side of that generation. Yeah, gap I and... think nineteen ninety six was the that's where Gen Z starts or whatever and you were and born like few years past that so you were born what year were you born 98 oh okay two years ago. um okay and then when does it stop though like when's the next generation do you know i don't think that they have one yet okay i think it's something I, from what i remember because i remember like researching it and i think that like they decide the, a new generation based on events mm. like i want to say the millennials one or the one that i've like heard commonly used i don't know that this is like actually correct but mm -hmm. a lot of people say like you know that you're in the millennial generation because you remember um 9-11 like i don't remember 9-11 oh wow because I, I was too young oh wow but like and then gen z is gonna be it's it's like the first generation that we've like grown up with like touch screens and things like that like ever yeah. since i can remember basically there were touch screen yeah things. that's um, wild i remember um chelsea was like you know telling me like 
hey, make like a, a gesture of like a phone. Like, you know, you're on the phone. And I did like oh, the, right, the, the right. thumb and the finger, the pinky. It's like, that's, you know, that's how you make the symbol like you're on the phone, like the gesture. And uh-huh. I guess like you, like she did it to you. And like, you just put like your palm up next to your head. Yeah. And that's because you're that generation. So, yeah. no, that's so fascinating. Like, um, I don't know what it's going to be, you know, like maybe everyone will be dead and that will be the next generation because that will be the big thing that happens. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, if you're alive, I think the next thing, if I had to guess, it'll be like, because I would guess like the the youngsters right now wouldn't be, because a generation is usually like 20 years or so. So I'd guess the thing that is going to be, it's going to be like, if you remember COVID type of thing, like then you you're remember Gen it. Z, if you don't remember it, then you're like, but, the next. yeah, I mean, it kind of is almost like a, 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 a like, um, the gravity of it is almost like a nine 11, you know, in terms of right. just the impact on society or like, you know, obviously the U S was the one impacted most uh, significantly by nine eleven, but like there's not a global impact of, of COVID. And that's a good, that's a good, uh, intimation of what the next generational, you know, demarcation line may be is you know, was COVID. <laughs> Tell me about COVID. What is that? Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, but at this point, like it's a good guess. Maybe babies will remember COVID. Maybe it'll still be a thing like 10 years from now. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. I mean, if things are going the way I'm, kind of um you know can't help but imagine them going like i'm not sure if covid's gonna be highly remembered in in the next 10 years or so but we'll see we'll see what happens i mean yeah god i hope not i hope it's the majority of us behind us and you know we can you know people in the next generation won't, won't really know about it yeah about learning about it but well i feel like we've covered all the major bases you know what i mean i agree so um i guess would it be safe to say that you think the biggest problem is like environmental um climate change yeah but even like i think that's gonna trickle down and affect everything you know what i mean sure it's gonna impact like all kinds of different it's not just like one one megalith thing it's like you know, dispersed out into all kinds of different areas of life. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, um, have you, I got to, I don't know if you even want to know or if you'd be interested, but like with the whole Green New Deal, like from what I understand, the people who are being kind of spearheaded to like um, instigate the uh, kind of like a Green New Deal type approach to governance are like previous heads of like um like major banks and like corporations <laughs> like i just don't know like well, that sucks. yeah like um the idea is that like the people who are being placed in charge to um bring about the new green new deal like on a global level is like they're the same culprits of the people who are behind the current system and it's like right they're gonna use it in a in such a way as to uh commodity how would you say it 
make a commodity out of nature itself and like tax people to like live um and i don't feel like that's something that i either i or assuming you know assuming um you would like really be on board with yeah no definitely not yeah i mean but that's that's what i was saying where it's like everything gets like i think it's like a great idea and like if it could be executed in a way that people like you know people who care about other people and they have like the correct idea about what's right for people Mm -hmm. i think that would be great but i definitely don't have i would say i don't have all my eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. but that's probably not the right saying here because there isn't really another basket for Mm. me to put my eggs in (laughs) yeah i know like you know as far as like the voluntarists that i do know like you know we're just trying to um create kind of communities of like-minded individuals that like want to like live and let live and like survive and thrive yeah and i feel like you know that sounds awesome i just don't know how it happens on like a large enough scale i don't think it can really i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not like i don't have my hopes for like the masses it's just got to be like a closed-knit network of you know friends and like-minded people and like i don't know if it's gonna like turn the tides and we're gonna survive the crisis or anything or but like you know at least we'll have each other's company here and there and um camaraderie in the process of whatever unfolds but well if you guys go off the grid i'll join we are off the grid (laughs) if you guys guys start a community off the grid i'll join the community really i'm gonna move into your house oh no yeah that's true okay well um that's good to know because you know it's it's nice to have cool people that you know you have me on the record all right, yeah, no, you got. I'm gonna hold you to it now. But well, thank you so much for taking the time to to chat. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, I had a great time. I feel like we we actually agree on quite a bit. Yeah, we agree on a lot more than I thought we did. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's good. Well, um, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, it was it was a pleasure. And um, let me know if you know anybody who's down to chat because i'm always looking for people to you know discuss you with. should have rachel on i would love, would love to, to yeah i was actually you know thinking about um the possibility of that so yeah she's like one of the most interesting people ever and she has totally <laughs> different perspectives on stuff than anyone i've ever talked to so oh that sounds very fascinating indeed i'll try to make that yeah. happen okay cool thank you bye thanks bye